0: You do a lot of talking, bro. You do a lot of talking. All that screaming. Well, you better hope you can play as long as me. Hey, when you get on your knees and say your prayers tonight,
1: pray. What happened between you and Tlaib on the field or early in the game? I don't know. You go ask him because he didn't finish the game.
0: Ice up, son. Ice up. Live. In the entertainment capital of the world. It's the T.C. Martin Show. I know you're going to dig this. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. The doctor
1: is now him. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us here on this terrible Tuesday. And uh, not terrible if you are a Raiders fan. The Raiders got the job done, of course, last night, defeating the Baltimore Ravens. We talked about it in hour number one. We will continue on hitting it in hour number two. You to hear from Asia Wilson, the Las Vegas Aces MVP. Well, actually, the WNBA MVP and the Aces victorious again yesterday. So it was a great Doubleheader victory for both Mark Davis's teams yesterday. The Aces get the victory over the Dallas Wings by 10 points at the Mandalay Bay. And then, of course, last night the Raiders get the W over the Ravens. Monday night football. uh, A great atmosphere, electric atmosphere, and uh, it lived up to the hype. It was fantastic uh, being there, being all part of it. And uh, you know who else was also there last night? From a working capacity, the one and only, one of our favorites from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also now part of Raider Nation Radio, Heidi Fang.
2: Heidi, what's going on? Hey, TC. Thank you for having me. I'm just uh, over here trying to make uh, the days separate into different ones because it was a long day and I feel like it's still yesterday even though it's today does that make sense
1: uh it, it totally does because we are on the same planet both uh long days long nights exhausted and and the beat goes on i i hear you i feel you girl and i can can only imagine uh you know what your uh, what your day and your night was like and your morning like today as well too
2: yeah man uh you know i got up early did the show uh, came on uh started doing a little bit of work here and there with the rj stuff so like, i got him in mean, Staying on the hustle, staying on the grind, as they say.
1: And and do you know how uh, happy I am that you were able to carve time out of your busy schedule to join us the day after the Raiders game? So I do appreciate that. Are you
2: kidding me, TC? He's a man. Come on.
1: You, you, better, you better start busting out some music there, Numbchuck, for Heidi Fang, okay?
2: I don't know what you're doing
1: over there. I, there you go. Give Heidi Fang a song. Make it funky. Make it funky. Make All right. it funky. Here we go, Numbchuck. Give me the funk. Hey, you're, she wants the funk. She wants the old school funk. How funky can you make it, Numbchuck? That's what I want to know. He's digging deep for the Heidi Fang approval, so, ladies and gentlemen. He's so not, he's, on the money. Let's see. He's not going to go five stair steps. Oh! Now,
2: Heidi Fang, if you can name this old school tune. In the kitchen. Dance dance well, in we're going to give
1: you a nice little prize if you can name this old school jam. Uh, uh, uh,
2: uh, I got to lead to the hook. I'm more of a chorus person. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen. That is Heidi
1: this Fang. This is for good radio. That, that, That's Heidi Fang, ladies and gentlemen, jamming away. This is not the silent disco that we just talked about. No, no. This is pump up the jam style, blaring the speakers. And this is... Tom Brown.
2: Oh,
1: okay, okay. The Thighs High. Maybe before your time, Heidi, but I know you know it. I mean, if you're going five stair steps back to the late 60s, early 70s, you got to know Tom Brown oh, from yeah. the 80s. Come on now.
2: Yes, yes, yes. I am a big fan of the funk <laughs> at all times. The- I'm, a, I'm a rap girl. I'm an R&B girl. I'm an old school girl. And give me the funk.
1: Well, I'll give Numbchuck a little <laughs> bit of credit. That was blind because, I mean, he's not a big funk guy. Himself and oh, you know so okay, he he, okay. Went, he went random on you a little bit so but but for me that was good now Sinbad would have appreciated yeah, that Jim. that would have been I'm good.
2: feeling it no it was good good call good call
1: okay all right so let's hear the Heidi Fang schedule uh, I I'm, I'm I'm curious so <laughs> you got up yesterday morning uh, let's go from there let's go and what I w- and I okay. want food I need food and beverage included in this uh, in in this documentary
2: <laughs> all right. You got it. Are you ready? You got a pen, and paper? Uh, yes, I ready do. to go? Here we go. You ready for this? All right, here
1: we go. All right. check. Do we can, we, can we get can we get some can we get some Heidi Fang, uh, music here? Documentary music. That's what we
2: need here. All right, go ahead. Dun, dun, dun. It's coming. Five a.m. Okay. We had to get up at five a.m. Okay. We got up. We had some coffee. We had a, a little a, a little uh, frozen waffle, little Eggo. Mm. Then we went on to <laughs> to the. Uh, Allegiant Stadium. Mom of the year there,
1: Ego. I, I hope the husband uh, you know, made the Ego. You didn't have to make the Ego waffle yourself. Your
2: husband is not awake at 5 a.m. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. making my own Egos, and it was hard work. I'll uh, tell you that. Okay, go ahead. Then we got over to Allegiant Stadium, 6 a.m. Wow. I walked down about a half mile, because that's where the emplo- uh, you know, an employee, but the uh, media parking lot is, mm. and it had a little water on the way. Walked in, got to do the radio show at 7 a.m. for three hours, right there from the Al Davis Torch, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. And then I got in another bottle of water, and then I did my walk back again to my car. And then I went out because I had to go grab all my camera gear and all the stuff that makes the fan go to be at the game. And then I had to go back to Allegiant. So in the middle of all that, what did I eat? Paid something. I think I had like a power bar or something. And then I Are went back.
1: <laughs> Timeout. I want to know where the roadie is. You need a roadie at this point in time. Carry, you can't carry your own gear, girl. Numbchuck has his hand raised. Right? He'll work for cheap, Can too. Can credential Yay! somebody? Yeah, uh, you know, Nunchuck will probably work for waffles.
2: I I, I believe he will. Know. I mean, I... I have a box of waffles. Yeah, I, I mean, and I can I... even get you a, a Costco-sized box of waffles, Nunchuck. I take care of you in the waffles. All right, are the so, man. Like...
1: <laughs> now, back to our regularly scheduled program. All right, go ahead. So you had another bottle of water in there. Your luggage equipment. Yes, I did. Back to actually, I think
2: by then I had a cherry Coke Zero. Oh, geez. Because that's my jam. Okay. <laughs> and then I got like. <laughs> Uh, this is my jam. All space. right. Go ahead. Uh, and then uh, when I got there, they had a little buffet of sorts. And there, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but there was a big wall of donuts. I, I took and a I'll picture of that. that point,
1: Hold on. Oh, I wanted I, a donut. So I took a picture of that when I got to the press box last night. But I didn't post it because I figured I'd probably get in trouble. So I didn't. So I wanted to post it because it was phenomenal. I did send it to numchuck Now, did you? Did yeah, you post it? it? Out. Did you post it? Oh yeah. Are we okay yeah, it's with on posting? The are we okay with posting, uh, you know, press box food? I was always wondering if that was a violation.
2: <laughs> no, we can post our <laughs> press box food. Okay, not no. a violation. Right, and no. if you get violationed, you call me. I'll talk to
1: someone for Because you. I did post some other food, but it wasn't in the press box. I went down to the VIP uh, area last night and I and I and I posted some of those goodies. So go check that. Oh out. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, okay. I yeah, the- had
2: so much willpower against the donut. And there was even like a hot dog ice donut that was kind of scaring me <laughs> because I wasn't sure if it was like actually a hot dog inside because the design was done so well. Right. I was like, is that a fritter? Is that an old-fashioned donut? Is that a real hot dog? I couldn't even mess with that. As my, even if I was not trying to avoid things like donuts, I wouldn't mess with that. Hey, and the- then I got...
1: Yeah. Hold on. Here's the thing about the donuts. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, but no, remember, please, remember. Please. see, so when I looked at that tower of the donuts, I wasn't sure it was real or not. Because remember, like last year, the, the opening night where they had like the gingerbread house or something like that? And I started to dive into that. I don't know if you remember that or not. And they go, whoa, whoa, sir, that's just for decoration. So I wasn't sure that that donut wall that we saw was real. Can you confirm that it was real
2: and delicious? Well, we did have our own Cassie Soto, who is a host of our Vegas Nation program, mm-hmm. do a donut tasting. I can confirm that those were real donuts because she did, in fact, delve into the delicacies for us mm. for a video hit.
1: Oh, uh, but you remember what Isn't I'm talking about? In, remember in that? Was it like a gingerbread house or something we had during Christmas or something like that last yeah. year? Right? Yeah. And that wasn't real. Yeah. I thought it was real.
2: Yeah, you know you got to be careful with things that look like a house because it could be cardboard or paper mache. Don't eat the paper mache PC.
1: Well, as Lu- <laughs> as, <laughs> as Luther Vandross once said, a house is not a home. Remember that. Hmm. Mm,
2: yeah. You, know, you. You the, never lied, Luther.
1: That's true. All right, go ahead.
2: Nope. Not right. once. Okay. All right, my day. So then we ate in the, <laughs> <In> the media. <laughs> We ate in the media diner, and I had I had some kind of chicken. Uh, it was chicken thighs, not the uh, I, you know chicken breast. I, I, had, I, I had some I of like those. Chicken thighs. I
1: had some of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the vegetable concoction was, but that's
2: okay. Yeah. I didn't do that. I did the salad. It was a Greek salad, I think, with some uh, you know feta cheese and stuff like that. So I had some of that, and then went down and. I I, I found Beef Burgundy on my way downstairs. Oh, and then I went to tailgate with some folks because I had to do video on the tailgating, right? And they're all like, come over! Come over! Because that's how Raider fans are. They're just family and they want to invite you and they want to make you feel at home, as Luther would have (laughs) said. So I went over there and then they were like, "Our we got here, we got some short ribs over here, got some chips, girl, what you want? and then I said no I don't want any of that cuz I had to say I'm I'm on work duty so I couldn't I couldn't indulge you know right. it's like a cop getting a drink when he's working the beat okay. can't do it so, so I was just like oh, I appreciate it you guys are nice but I just wanted to get a quick video I got to run back so then I run back to the stadium I get in there I do our live show that we have that comes on pregame every game about 90 minutes to the start cuz we have the injury report and all that so we took care of that uh, I had an interview earlier in the week with Louis Riddick, so we dropped that on in there. Because, you know, former Raider, talking about the Raiders, Monday Night Football, had to do it, right? Right. Then went in, got that show done, went back downstairs, saw George Lopez on the field, which is amazing. And then we took pictures, and I had Raider Nation, and the Black Hole, everyone was out. It was just such an amazing night, wasn't it? And then I'm not done, though. Yeah, it doesn't stop there. Then we go back. <laughs> After all of that, and then at halftime, you know, they had more beef burgundy. So I was like, oh, look at that. Had some more beef burgundy. Mm -hmm. Indulged in a little bit of caffeine at that point because I needed the pump. Mm -hmm. Got to keep pumping because it's not over at halftime, is it? And then we had the crazy OT session. And there I am watching it, drinking my bottle of water and going, wow, Edwards is out and down at the one. Oh, my God, there's overtime. Mm -hmm. And so we had to go through all of this. I get back in the box, I get another bottle of water, I hydrated, you gotta do your reps, stay hydrated. And then so I did my reps and we had the water and then I did that and then went back to the podcast, more water on the way home, back in bed, not till like two in the morning, but up today for seven AM radio. Woohoo So
1: that was like a twenty two hour day, literally, twenty one hour day, up at Mm -hmm. five, in bed at two Uh, Mm -hmm. probably about three hours of sleep, and uh, there you go. That is Heidi Fang. And then so
2: this morning, because you're a foodie, I went to IHOP to get my cupcake pancakes as a reward for all of my good deeds.
1: Big (laughs) reward. Big. That's huge. That's huge. And as I notice here, George Lopez mentioned you. He mentioned you. I know. This is sweet. There it is. That's it. That's funny. I so, don't
2: often name drop, but when I do, it's because George Lopez put me on his social media. What? He did.
1: He did. There you go. <laughs> I saw a little John last night, but he didn't put me on his social media. So there you go. <laughs> did you dance? So far? No, maybe I, if you danced, maybe he would put you
2: on. You, you got
1: to do a dance sometime.
2: This, I'm just kidding. Uh, you don't have to dance. No, I, I
1: would dance at a heartbeat. No, <laughs> I mean, I, w- I was in the process. Of, it's a long story. I was in the process of talking to him. Then I got interrupted. Somebody tapped me on the shoulder and uh, somebody I haven't seen in 25 years. Next thing you know. Okay. I goes, Oh, oh sorry to interrupt you. And little John. Next thing you know, little John's gone. So that was the end of that. Aww. Yeah. But no big deal. No big deal. But, uh, it was a great night, exciting night. The atmosphere and you got to see it like I did from uh, you know, press box, the field, outside, everything. And what was it? Everything that you thought that it would be and more because for me, I mean, they passed the test. The Raider fans passed the test. Oh, yeah. The Raiders did. And again, it was it, it really reminded me of you know, being at other venues, other National Football League venues. I mean, nothing's quite like Lambeau Field. But just as far as being in other venues, it, it, it matched it. It really did. And for an indoor venue, man, it was loud in there.
2: I know. Did you see um, one of the ladies that's become like on the hype, um, she had out like one of those uh, uh, meter things that raise, you know, the decibel meter. Yeah. yeah. Good. I'm sorry, y'all just heard my schedule. Forgive me if my words do not come as quickly. (laughs) So you hit the decibel meter and that thing, they kept showing it at a certain point and it was going like 105, 103. Now, I don't know if that's a a legit meter, but it seems like it because they showed it at times when it was a little quiet and it was like 93, 97. So I was like, okay. Okay, maybe it really does work because I never know when you go into stadiums like they have that in Denver They have it in KC and you see those meters going and you think well, they're just putting what they think You know, it's like mental if somebody sees it and it's low then they want to cheer more so it goes higher, right? Right, but I don't know
1: it was <laughs> <laughs> no, it could been, it was, I could be. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was uh, legit or not, but I just know that it was uh, very, very loud in there, and it was a great atmosphere, no doubt about it. Heidi Fang joins us, Las Vegas a Review Journal, Raider Nation Radio. Heidi was at the game, obviously last night, from all aspects, covering it all. So, tell me, what was the one thing that stood out for you the most last night? Whether it's pregame, the game itself post-game, any element. I don't care whether it's food, field turf, uh, celebrity status, the game itself, X's and O's. Tell me.
2: Might be a tie between the two short Ice Cube halftime and then just seeing Raider Nation back. I mean, it sounds cheesy, right? But, I mean, this city, a lot of people had said before the Raiders got here that every home game wasn't going to feel like a home game because, you know, the one, you have the fan base kind of all spread out. And two, because there's so many tourists here that might want to check out the game and get into Allegiant, that you might see more of the away team than you do the home. But in this case, I felt like Raider Nation came solid. They represented. And like you said, the decibel meter, the height, the feeling, uh, it felt like it was a postseason game in there, if not like a Super Bowl, you know? And, and that to me is special. It's something you don't get at every game anywhere. And I've been to a lot of stadiums, and I know you have too, TC. And it's, you know, when you go out and you see just the magic happen (laughs) all in one night, that's what we do this for. That's what's amazing to me is getting those moments and you don't always, so you got to really take advantage and cherish them when you do.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. And they passed the test. They they did in, in all aspects last night. And then, you know, to get a game like that. I mean, it starts off the the Ravens score two touchdowns. It's fourteen nothing. I know a lot of fans were thinking like, okay, you know, could this uh, be the same old same old thing here again? But uh, you know, when Josh Jacobs scored that first touchdown and to make it fourteen seven, you know, life was back in the building. And then you know, Carlson hits the, the field goal 14-10 at halftime. You're feeling pretty good, thinking okay, uh-huh. because I mean, the Raiders basically were void of any type of offense for the better part of the first half. And when Carr, you know, got off to that start. He was 2-for-10, Heidi, for 22 yards and a pick. And it was like, wow. I mean, and then look what happens, you know, two hours later. I mean, now Derek Carr is celebrating, and Derek Carr is hitting, uh, you know, Henry Ruggs down the right sideline on a big third and 10 in the fourth quarter, hits Waller for the touchdown, and, of course, the game winner there uh, to, to Zay Jones at the end. It was amazing how Derek Carr turned things around last night.
2: Yeah, you know, credit to him for being clutch in that kind of moment. We know that I think it's over the course of his first eight seasons in football. He owns the record for most comebacks in the fourth quarter. I think the number, and I'm going off the top of my head, don't have in front of me, I think it's like 22, 23 uh, fourth quarter comebacks by him. But when you're down to a team that is this caliber, that the Ravens are injuries, not injuries in the backfield, injuries in the secondary, all those things, they are not an easy challenge to get past, especially in big moments. And, uh, you know, the Raiders pressure that they brought, which is what everyone has really put a lot of focus on in the offseason about the Raiders team of 2020, was looking at the pressure that they brought. And when you see what Carl Nassib was able to do and how Phylon was aware of the surroundings and picked up the football, you know, that moment within itself, uh, it was just so big for that defense to have. And the Max Crosby, Last night played lights out football, and I think that when you start thinking about the the teams of past with the Raiders, this one to me right now has the most promise of any team that we had seen previously um, in the past and uh, recent years from the Raiders. So uh, you know they had some unfortunate injuries, uh, Denzel Good and Gerald McCoy, Unique and Gagway Those are all going to be big ones to monitor. Uh, it will we'll see how. They all recover. Henry Ruggs had the calf issue, but he did come back to the game. But if that lingers, Josh Jacobs said he felt beat up last night. He was also nursing an illness. So these are things we really got to focus in on now and see how they fight back from all those injuries.
1: You know, going into last night's game, I think a lot of us, I'll just speak for myself because we talked a lot about it on the show leading up to it. We expected a big-time performance from the Raiders last night. We understand they were playing the Ravens and it was Lamar Jackson, but there were some question marks with the Ravens, especially in their backfield and not being 100% healthy. And then Latavius Murray coming back. The guy's been on the team for three days and he came, comes, comes in here and scores a touchdown last night. But, you know, we had this sense. That the, that the Raiders were going to perform well last night because what they did last year. They came in as an underdog against the Saints, if you remember, on opening night, and not many people gave the Raiders much of a, sh- uh, a shot at that point in time. It was Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and they took it to the Saints, and they start off the season the exact same way, 1-0. and I want you to flashback to a year ago to last night, did you get the same feeling after this game last night that you had after they beat the Saints last year?
2: Ooh, that's a great question, TC. I can see why you're in the position that you are.
1: <laughs> that was off the top of my head, too, so there you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really, that's a great question because that has been what everybody's been looking at with the Raiders over the past two seasons is they get off to these great starts or they get to 6-3, and three, and then it's all of a sudden, whew, you know, it's like the dead drop game thing in, you know, Great America or what, the, what do they call it? The Six Flags Park, and it drops right now, you know. Um, and plus, you look at their home record, and they only had two and six last year, but uh, one of those first wins was the Saints. And in that game, I believe they lost Richie Incognito early. So when you start thinking about, you know, this team versus that one, I. I want to say that, you know, Drew Brees, great quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from the Raiders, but, you know, he was on his way out, and um, he didn't have the same arm strength. They are playing against a Ravens team where Lamar Jackson did have, a, I think, a couple passes that were, you know, deep range that were completed. One was at least, I think, a 40, 45-yard pass, and the other ones around 35 range. So you think about a guy that can still push it downfield, and the aspects of the game that you have to be able and be prepared for with what the Ravens bring in the run game that the Saints aren't as dynamic in. Yeah, sure, they have Taysom Hill, uh, you know, pulling out some crazy bootlegs, and you have Alvin Kamara on the bubble screens and those kind of things, but it's not the same as somebody physically pounding the football relentlessly throughout the duration of 60 minutes, as you see with the Ravens. And I think that's where the Raiders really stood a test that was important, and that's why I feel like this win has a little bit more – uh, uh hype and, and hype over it than
1: the previous one with the Saints. All right, Heidi, you spend a lot of time at the facility, yeah. you know, covering the team, press conferences, talking to the players and coaches, and that sort of thing. Is there one player that's kind of, or maybe even two, that's resonated with you this year that you say, "Hey, man, this this guy is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool story, whether it's on the field or off the field." Absolutely,
2: with Max. I mean, and that's a both in both situations Um, you see his presence over the way he's been with the team when he's in the drills and he's not just putting every ounce of himself into his own drills, but he's trying to help bring along his teammates and he's trying to support his teammates. And that's so important that you have somebody like that, that brings that energy because I think what Max told me when I had asked him about that um drop off from last year was that he felt like everybody got complacent and that, you know, there were some people trying to believe too much within their own hype that they weren't really uh playing team football. They were just kinda of believing their own hype. Now that's what I took away from that. That's what I'm interpreting. So if he meant differently, I apologize, Max. But that was <laughs> that was the way I took back from what he said. Okay. And so now, you know, he's trying to get everyone to buy in as a team. And that's one thing that you're seeing with the Gus Bradley system as well. Coach Ron Miles with the secondary. They are all getting this team to buy into their system and to believe it. And that is something that I haven't seen in past years is that chemistry building that everybody kind of is being all in the same mindset at the same time. And that's when you become dangerous is when your superpowers unite. Remember Voltron? Yeah, there you go. Well, well put. Yeah, <laughs> were the Avengers? I mean, come on. Well, you know,
1: not totally my genre. There, you know, not totally, but that's okay. I'll just one or the uh, other. Well, uh, 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 you get it. I'll, Everyone I'll, knows
2: the Avengers. I, I know
1: what you're talking about, but not not my genre. Anyway, you know, you talk about the defense. We knew that that was going to be a question mark coming into the season. But you know, another thing that not a lot of people are talking about. Is the wide receivers, and we touched upon a little bit yesterday, like henry Ruggs okay he 's a guy that John Gruden loves, and maybe he reached for him you know in the draft, and Ruggs came up with that big catch on third and ten in the fourth quarter yesterday, and that was mm-hmm. that was huge. But when you look at now that you lost Nelson Aguilar, who really was kind of like the, the glue, say what you want about Darren Waller. He basically kind of came out of nowhere last year, and now he's kind of your go-to guy, even though he's a tight end, and people and teams are going to game plan for him. But talk a little bit about this wide receiver core and what you saw last night, because there are names like Hunter Renfro and then Zay Jones. I mean, you know, people really don't even know who Zay Jones is. And then, you know, Rugs didn't have a whole volume of catches last night, but are you concerned about this wide receiving core? You know, moving forward here.
2: Um, well, my only concern is is how healthy is Ruggs right now? Uh, yeah, like I said, he came back in the game, but if that calf injury lingers, you know, will that inhibit him from being able to go full speed or to be able to cut the routes or the angles that he you know wants to? Even if he is playing, is he hundred percent? You know, um, and you you rely on your legs and your calves so much in situations where you're trying to cut an angle, you know, you get messed up there, that's going to hamper you. So um, I feel like with Ruggs, he's the one that I was expecting to take the biggest leap, but I feel like after last night, I saw it more out of Edwards. And I don't know if that's just play calling, utilization, Um, maybe they need to do more to get Ruggs involved, or if it's Brian Edwards just showing the next level of maturity and next stage of growth, in the offense that their trust in him is much more than it is for rugs right now. And so that's one of those things, maybe it's chemistry, maybe it's, you know, route running, maybe it's those little things that, you know, they still haven't yet seen that they, what they want to see out of rugs that they haven't gone to him as much, but they definitely down the stretch here, they're going to have to get these guys involved. I mean, Zay Jones is a second uh, opportunity type product because he said, you know, maybe some people don't know that came from the bills and he's somebody that John Gruden saw something in and he put his offensive mind to what can we do with day and how can we use them and found ways to get him the football that worked to his strengths. And so like we saw last night though, that was an all out blitz at the end that came in. And so there, there he is wide open. You got to take the shot. Yeah. That's what I know, you know, uh, evolved in that play, but still, he's somebody that they're going to continue to trust and he's always there and always working hard and they you know often sings his praises when it comes to that stuff that he's been doing as much as he can to improve to go to these extra workouts they had during the offseason um, in the park and everything and he was the first guy there according to Derek Carr so I mean, those are things that you want to hear about people who are really taking their growth and development seriously
1: you got it alright she is Heidi Fang Las Vegas Review Journal also Raider Nation Radio the marathon sleep deprived uh, woman that she is uh, what is for dinner tonight uh, you gonna to go out celebrate a uh, home cooked meal don't tell me you're going frozen TV <laughs> dinner. Real quick, what do you got?
2: Oh, no, I don't have anything defrosted, but so it's going to have to be Got to go I out, girl. Got to go the out. Fly. There you go. I didn't have no time yesterday, so, you know, I got to find my way to the car that's going to be a project within itself, <laughs> and maybe I'll go grab some.
1: This a little something-something.
2: That's, That's all I got
1: <laughs> Alright all right, Heidi Great stuff uh, Follow her on Twitter She's a great follow on Twitter And of course you can catch her uh, Raider Nation Radio Usually in the mornings And uh, also com. Alright Catch her videos They're outstanding Especially when she starts tailgating Yeah I
2: want
1: a oh, yeah. piece of that I want to come with you next time
2: all right every time i go out in 110 degrees i'll holler
1: at you there you go girl all right i'll talk to you later (laughs) thanks for the time
2: okay dc you're welcome you got it
1: there she is heidi fang when we come back you're gonna hear from asia wilson she was at the game last night Uh, we talked to asia before the aces game yesterday so you hear from her and we'll get a little funny on one of my favorite guys my favorite comedians who's a die hard raider fan his entire life Dennis Gaxiola's gonna join us also next.
3: You are listening to some bullshit on the TC monitor.
1: Joining me now is the Las Vegas Aces reigning most valuable player, Asia Wilson. Asia, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. Good to be here. <laughs> So you've had quite a schedule. How are you doing mentally and physically?
3: Uh, mentally, you know, I'm approaching it day by day. Uh, that's kind of all I can do, especially during this time of the season, is really just lock-in time. Uh, but I've been pretty good. A little sore here and there, but, you know, this is when the game's start to get a lot fun. So uh, I'm really just starting to lock in with my teammates. But I feel like we're, we're all in a good place right now, and we're just trying to play the best basketball we can.
1: Approaching the playoffs, you guys are in control of your own destiny. Yeah. What do you think this team needs to improve on at this point in time?
3: Um, Just stringing quarters together. I think you see bits and pieces of us playing really, really well, and then it's like a drop-off, and we can't do that against really good teams in our league. So I think the key for us is just to really put 40 minutes together, four quarters together, and and at a high, high level. And that's tough, but we're fully capable of doing it.
1: With the victory last Wednesday night, you guys basically have controlled your own playoff destiny for one of the top two seeds. What's the mindset going forward here as you close the regular season with three games?
3: Just just win every game. Uh, treat every game like it's a, like it's an elimination game and, and play it that way. Uh, it's tough. Uh, yeah, we are kind of in control of our own destiny, but at the same time, we just got to continue to win uh, and, and just have fun while doing it.
1: Let's go back four years ago when you first got here <laughs> and look where you are now yeah. with this team. What did you envision four years ago?
3: Man, uh, I just envisioned just a really good team, uh, really gelling together at the right time. And It's hard to think that my rookie year, my season was over. We didn't even make playoffs. Uh, My season was over around this time. I remember it was my mom's birthday, and I was like, dang, I don't know how I feel now. And now to be in it and and having a a pretty good chance of a high seed, uh, it's definitely really, really good, and it's way better than how I envisioned it.
1: I mean, really? Can you envision a better situation for yourself after you know coming out as the number one pick out of South Carolina, coming here to Vegas, yeah. and the way all this has turned out? Could there have been a better situation, really, for you?
3: Honestly, no. I tell people every single time, like when I, I hate to see the San Antonio Stars leave, but the mere fact that Vegas and MGM bought us, bought that team was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I'm so happy that I could get drafted to somewhere like this, a growing franchise, and we're just looking to just improve our league and each other. A lot has
1: been put on your shoulders as being the number one overall pick and all the accolades that have come with you. How comfortable are you being the face of this franchise and everything that comes with it?
3: I mean it's I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable being uncomfortable right. <laughs> you know I, I feel like I've just been put in this situation and I'm going to embrace it. I've been put in this situation before uh, through South Carolina and just growing up there uh, but it's definitely an uncomfortable feeling, but I love it I, it grows it puts me out of my comfort zone and I get to meet new people and I get to embrace different things. How have you
1: been able to handle everything that goes with this, from the schedule to the season? the Olympics, yeah. then with the media requests, and, and everything that's going on off the court, have you been able to really deal with that and put it in perspective?
3: Yeah, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of prayer, and it's a lot of stepping away from it. Uh, sometimes I just gotta just have a day where I don't think about basketball, where it's just cartoons on my television, and I'm playing with my puppies, like or on the phone with my friends or my family, so it's just a lot of just taking my brain out of it, checking out sometimes, because that's gonna be my outlet, and especially during now where it's nothing but basketball, 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 yeah. I gotta find my outlet, and that's just not thinking about it
1: so it's funny you bring that up because i was going to ask you what do you do with your downtime i mean going back four years ago it was all about hey going to target (laughs) (laughs) so so what is it now what does asia do in her downtime when it's time to escape from basketball
3: oh man i'm still going to target just probably just like pick it up in my car and i actually go in there but um i'm really just just chilling honestly i sleep a lot Uh, i watch a lot of just cartoons or just Movies It's probably on Disney Channel Plus all the time. Anything, like, I'm just there. <laughs> just you kind just, of a homebody? Like, oh, I'm big homebody. Like, I'm not even kind of. You can find me on my couch or in my bed and my blankets. I am a huge homebody. So <laughs> were you always like that going way always, back when? Always. I've never, I'm never, like, I'll go out occasionally, but it's like I'm never about it. I'm normally just in my home. That's where I'm happiest.
1: <laughs> Asia Wilson joins us. You played for two Hall of Fame coaches. Yeah. Obviously, Don Staley at South Carolina now. Bill Lambeer here with the Aces. And, you know, neither coach seems to ever be satisfied or is willing to settle for anything but a championship or greatness. Do you feel that is the case? And what are the similarities between, say, Don and Bill?
3: Yeah, it is. And I think the, even the expectations just come from me as a player. Like, I, I know Bill is going to hold me at a very high standard, the same way Coach Staley has. And I think that's the biggest similarity is they don't want me to be average. And I can greatly appreciate that from them. They, And if they see me start getting like that, they snap me out of it. And uh, it's a lot of fun playing with coaches that are like a player's coach, but also know what we want to do, and that's to win a championship. And it makes it a lot more fun to play for them, to win for them, uh, because you know that they really actually care about you. So I think that's the biggest similarity is they care. They may act like they don't care and walk around and be grumpy and make noises, but they care.
1: (laughs) You know, your game has continued to involve, and it seems like you have added more and more to your arsenal. Where does that come from? Is it just, you know, the hard work? Is it off-season? Because, honestly, I mean, you're doing stuff that I see on the floor now that you were not doing two, three years ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's the off-season. That's really where you put in a lot of your work. It's the things that people don't really see, and uh, it makes me comfortable heading into the season because I know I put the work in. So it gives you that confidence boost as well. So, yeah, I'm just scratching the surface. It's just the tip of the iceberg of, of what I have planned for this off-season coming up, and I'm just excited to get back to work. We've seen a right hand. When did the right hand come into man, play? That's like that's all I've been doing this whole season. It's crazy to think about it, but uh, it's great. It makes me that much more dangerous.
1: <laughs> so, talking about uh, the Aces and Mark Davis taking over this franchise here, do you have an opinion about where the Aces are now compared to say where they were when you first got here?
3: Oh man, it's it's on, it's on the upward stream. Excuse me, and it, it's great to see. Uh, having those talks with Mark has been incredible. I mean, MGM they spoiled us. Uh, you know, they wanted to make sure that we had everything now you have Mark Davis come in and he's like, I want you to have 10 times more than what you want. And it's great to be under that and and have people that really care really want you to be successful because like Deion Sanders said you look good you play good and, and that's what it's all about and it puts the pressure on our league as well to uplift those standards of other teams so I'm glad to be a part of it.
1: How much time have you got to spend with Mark?
3: Oh quite a bit quite a bit we uh, we checked uh, a good bit and then we also a saw him at a Raiders game of course and every right. time we see him at our games it's always a lot of fun so it's a, it's, it's a great bond that we have
1: you went to Golden Knights games and you appeared at the, the Raider games here. And now, here we go, Monday night, you've got 65,000 fans. It's on for real, regular season. What are your thoughts when you go to these other teams here in Vegas, is at their home games? And you're kind of a focal point.
3: <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Like, it's just a lot of fun just to watch just the crossover, you know, to see the Golden Knights at our games, to see the Raiders at our games, and then us to go spread the love there, even at the – Aviators games like everything it's just great to see that crossover and it's a lot of fun to hear those fans that are maybe not WNBA fans but they're Las Vegas sports fans so it's good to be there
1: have you turned into a Raiders fan?
3: Uh, yeah I have I gotta, they gave me some gear too so I'm like locked in for Monday <laughs> after we win Dallas I'm like I'm a totally Raiders game <laughs> who was your football team growing up? Carolina Panthers. I was Julius Peppers fan through and through. Even when he left and came back, I was still a Julius Peppers fan. Uh, So, yeah, I'm a a Panthers. But now I'm a Raiders. (laughs) And Panthers, too. All right, uh,
1: one more thing for you. Now, I've had this question come from fans, and I don't know the answer, so you get to answer this for the fans. Yeah. They want to know where the one-pant leg came into play. Please explain that.
3: Yeah, so the one-pant, my, my sleeve really came from, uh, I just had not a lot of problems, but I, my, my left leg just needs a little bit more help of warming up okay. and staying warm, and that's when I just started to cut off my other leg sleeve, and I like really liked the look of it. And then, yeah, it just started to turn into, like, a trend. It's crazy to see people doing it as well, but that's my reason. Bill says it's a cosmetic fashion state. It could be, too, but it also helps warm up my life. We'll go with that.
1: All right, good luck rest of the season, and always a pleasure talking with you.
3: Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, Asia
1: Wilson, and then the Aces got the victory again yesterday. Over the Dallas Wings, Asia Wilson, another impressive performance for the reigning MVP of the WNBA. And uh, Asia, very impressive again yesterday with uh, 21 points, 12 rebounds, and uh, the Aces get the job done. Yeah, so they showed Asia last night at the game. She was up in Mark Davis's box with, uh, with the rest of them. So, yeah, definitely they are Raiders fans, uh, part of that family, like she had talked about. Yeah, her and Mark, you know, they go back and forth, text quite a bit. And uh, so, yeah, a a great uh, doubleheader victory yesterday for Mark Davis. Aces get the victory during the day at the Mandalay Bay, and then last night's victory against the Baltimore Ravens. All right, we've been touching a lot upon last night's game, the atmosphere, the ambience, and, of course, uh, the game itself. And another one of my main guys who was at the game last night, uh, comedian extraordinaire, And uh, he flew in just for this game. I mean, they spared no expense, whether it's Ice Cube, it's Too Short, Lil' John, they were all there. I think he was on the same flight as Too Short. We're talking about Dennis Gaxiola. Dennis, what's going on,
0: brother? TC, man, my voice is barely coming back after screaming so much last night. What an experience. So happy for Raider Nation that we finally have a home field advantage.
1: Now, wait a minute, man. Now, I know how hesitant you were. We've talked a lot about this in the past. You know, NorCal native. You're an Oakland guy. You know, really upset that the Raiders left the first time to go to L.A. You embraced them coming back. You were sad that they were going to to Vegas. You were, I don't know, I don't want to speak for you, but I I remember you saying that, you know, man, it, it, it hits you hard. But now... You come here to Las Vegas, you see Allegiant Stadium, you experience 60,000 plus last night. Are y'all in now, brother? Have you have you,
0: have you forgiven well, the team for moving? My, What's the deal, yo? Well, you no, know, you know, it was it's sad as a season ticket holder to see him move, but on the business tip, um I was excited for the team from when they said they were going to get Vegas because that they would finally have a home and to see it come to fruition was just awesome. You know, I'm a big-picture kind of guy. Even with season tickets, I end, I end up going about two or three games a year because of my schedule. But Vegas needs to be schooled on how to behave for your home team. You don't do the wave when your player <laughs> is injured. You, we, the, the Andre James miss-snap was because the crowd was so loud, he couldn't hear cars audible. You know, the player, you got to understand, when your quarterback's on the field, be quiet. Let him make his calls. When the other quarterbacks on the field rain holy hell on them, you know. So, uh, but it was a great experience.
1: What were you most impressed with last night? Either whether it's the
0: stadium or the the play on the field, just in general. The speed of our defense. We have a legit defense. Um, yeah, there's there's still mistakes. Got some young players. It's a new, uh, you know, a, a new defensive strategy, but. To see the speed that we have out there um, was impressive, and if they could put that kind of pressure on the fastest quarterback in the NFL, um, there's a lot of quarterbacks are going to be in trouble when they play the Raiders because we have a legitimate pass rush now. We have legitimate defensive backfields. I mean, and, the, and the, some of the plays that uh, KJ Wright made were just yeah the speed. I was blown away that wow we actually have an athletic an athletic defense with a good strategy.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because I was thinking that exact same thing as the game went on. But in the first half, I said to myself, Look at Lamar Jackson. Look how quick this guy is when you see him in person. I mean, it's one thing you see greatness like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. You see these guys in person. But Lamar Jackson, I believe that's the first time that I saw him in person. And I'm just sitting there going, wow, look how quick this guy is. And I thought that the Raiders defenders were saying the exact same thing like, hey, man, the, he looks a lot quicker uh, here than he did on tape or on film. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. in, in the first half especially. But – I don't know if it was Gus Bradley's adjustments, and we talked a lot about Gus Bradley. Then i you know, I love him as a defensive coordinator. He's been able to, I don't want to say contain Lamar Jackson with his teams with the Chargers, but you know, the Chargers did beat the Ravens in the playoffs last time Gus Bradley's defense faced him. So I'm thinking like, wait, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna be ready for Lamar. It didn't look like that in, in the first half, Dennis, but towards the end of the game it definitely did.
0: The first half was the starters preseason. For offense and defense, we didn't give our starters much run at all. And you could see it. Carr's timing was off in the first half. Um, because it's one thing to have great practice and scrimmage, but real game time against an elite defense, um, the timing that, that, that only comes from playing. And second half, you saw everything start to click a little more. i uh, John, I I, I love John Gruden, but not taking the three points in the third quarter, I I was screaming, what are you doing? Um, And that cost us to go into overtime. So, you know, John's, you know, gambler mentality sometimes, that almost cost us last night. But the bottom line is we were underdogs, and we went toe-to-toe with them, and we won. And that heart that the team showed last night, was incredible, and you know, I, I, this 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 team leadership. You know, draft mistakes, be damned. They go for it. You know what? To have a healthy, scratch, clean Farrell, the number four pick. Um, a lot of teams would have too much pride to say no, uh, we're not. But you know, Clea Farrell was in, in street clothes on the sideline, and I was. That sucks to know that we uh, that that's where that where he is right now, but that they were going. We're putting our best. 11 out on offense and on defense, Um, that's the bottom line. I like what I saw last night, the end product, not the first half.
1: Right, right, and Raiders uh, want to know. Okay, a guy who went to many games at the Oakland-Alameda County Coliseum uh, and then you, you come to Allegiant Stadium last night. Uh, what were your thoughts? I, I know it's a big contrast, you know, from, you know, a huge upgrade here at Allegiant, but, you know, we saw when the Raiders were good. I mean, a lot of, we got to go way back when when they were really good, but that yeah. the Coliseum would be very, very electric. What were your thoughts last night seeing this Vegas crowd, uh, you know, really em- embrace this team and the loudness that you had there? Any flashback at all to maybe the Coliseum?
0: Um, the Coliseum had that hood tough mentality intimidation. The Death Star is shocking all because the level that that noise was at last night was deafening at times. Um, I mean, I was I lost my voice from screaming be quiet when our guys were on offense. <laughs> so um, it's taken it to a whole nother level, and I think as um, as in con- a new comedy club has to learn how to handle a comedy show. The Raider, uh, Las Vegas fan base, the new fans um, are going to learn how to hold, how to support their home team, and it's a whole, it's Oakland on steroids as far as electricity, uh, and it, you know it's it's East Oakland meets um, you know Vegas as far as the chandeliers in the lobby of the you know of the uh, the walkways and. It was it was just an amazing experience to be there, Raider Nation. You got to go out and see the new home. It was amazing. I'm thrilled at what we have out there.
1: I know you you still stay in contact with a lot of Northern California fans there in the in the Bay Area. How do they feel? Are there people that are making the trip from the Bay
0: Area to come to Vegas? The flight was full. um, The flight was full with silver and black. And coming out, it was full with silver and black. Going back home and I didn't go in until yesterday so I know people that went out went in all weekend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, people from Southern California and the Bay Area, Southern California's driving in, the Bay Area's flying in. And that, that's one thing as far as the Raider Nation traveling. Um you got two homes claiming Vegas now as home. You got LA and Oakland that are, you know, happy to see the team with the with the beautiful new home, a shiny new toy. And then the product on the field is something, you know, um, that the the fans can be can be proud of, and that the players know if we got thirty seven seconds left, our quarterback, Derek Carr, doesn't even need a timeout to get us downfield and in position for a field goal. That right there is, uh, you know, something that only elite quarterbacks have that mentality.
1: Yeah, Yeah. it was impressive. I mean, two plays and get down there with no timeouts left. uh, It was huge. And Carr connected on some big plays, the play to Ruggs and then the Renfro and then the Edwards and then the Jones at the end. Uh, It was a very impressive performance. And Derek Carr, very slow start two for his first 10, 22 yards, interception, and then, bam, second half, specifically fourth quarter in the overtime. Uh, he was phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. And it was great to you know to hear him afterwards uh, just you know saying how much the fans meant to him and uh, this team and John Gruden as well, too. So uh, And I was glad that you got to be uh, a part of it. I'm glad you got to be here, my man. And, again, you, know, yes, you, got to, you got to give us some more time so we can get you back in studio here or on location to, to, to have you back on with us uh, in person again man so
0: you know as, as the schedule opens up i'll definitely i'll definitely be back uh back for a longer extended stay i might be doing uh the, the last factory with paul rodriguez in november so hopefully i'll be back in there and that weekend there's a game so it'd be perfect and then i'll come in and uh we could chop it up and see where we are as a team
1: yeah your boy uh george lopez it was here uh tonight uh last night as well i don't know if you got a chance to see george or not
0: no i didn 't get to run into george um, and but uh, I was sitting right beho- right, right below uh Ice Cube and Little John, and the yeah. the place was just electric, man. Yeah. I mean, you felt the energy. Yeah. The energy was amazing.
1: It was great, man. It was great. Dennis Gaxiola, uh, I like to say our resident comedian here does a fantastic job, and you can catch him. Just Google him. He's got uh, his dry bar comedy and been touring uh, the states and, and, and everywhere. Real quick, before we let you go, we got news uh, over the weekend that a uh, longtime Las Vegas guy, uh, you know, Norm McDonald passed away. Uh, he was age sixty one. Any Norm uh, McDonald stories? uh, Did he influence you in your comedic career?
0: I like that he stuck to his guns and he he uh, he ruffled some feathers with some of his views uh, the last few years and unfortunately he kept it he kept it secret and you know may he rest in peace but um, dealing with cancer wasn't he wasn't able to get the vaccine and uh, that was that something he didn't want sympathy um and i just got the phone right before uh, connecting with you and a, a close friend of his was telling me that uh you know he didn't want any public sympathy for what he was dealing with and you know may he rest in peace he uh he lived every comedian's dream and he made a, he made a full-time living out of making people laugh so god bless him
1: yep absolutely norm macdonalda uh, passes away at the age of 61 all right dennis gaxiola you can catch him everywhere, man. Hey, just be careful, man. Next time you signal out pregnant women, okay? Make sure they're really pregnant and there's not, you know, looking
0: like they got a bun in the oven or something. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, that was the <laughs> ultimate faux pas from stage, and I survived. And the, the, doing a tour for the troops with uh, Preacher Lawson from America's Got Talent, and we'll be back out next month for some more shows and hopefully i'll be a little more careful um picking out the pregnant women and uh yeah i, I survived it and she was a good sport so god bless her and,
1: and you handled that uh, perfectly well too the video is out there it's it, it's pretty funny and dennis was thought that he saw this lady earlier you know before the show and said oh how's the baby doing she goes i'm not pregnant so uh but no and and that's part of the genius of of being you know, a comedian, and, and you have that yeah. knack to be able to, to roll with it right away, and uh, uh that that was awesome, but, you know, you're awesome I, anyway, I doubt man. My, I
0: felt my blood go cold when I realized I was talking to the wrong woman, right, just <laughs> felt, and the initial look on my face, there was no comedy, it was like, oh my god, and then the comedy came, and uh it was hilarious, and the crowd enjoyed it, and, uh, she was a good sport, so thank God she was a good sport, and and my wife wasn't too mad at me.
1: <laughs> all right. Tell our listeners though, where they can find you, man.
0: Uh, look, Comedian Dennis on all social media, and we'll be we'll be back out in um, out Vegas hopefully in November with Paul Rodriguez at the Laugh Factory. And hopefully back over with Brad Garrett at Brad Garrett's Club in the
1: MGM. Yeah, Dennis has been at Brad Garrett's uh, Club uh, numerous times. He's appeared on tour with Fluffy. Uh, that's been fantastic. So, yeah, we can hardly wait to see you uh, in person. And we know the Vegas loves you, man. So get back yes, out sir. here, man. And, of course, we love having you on all the time, too. So let, let's do it.
0: Definitely. One love, bro. Appreciate
1: you. You got it. All right. Silver and black, man. Go ahead. You're 1-0. Uh, embrace yes, it. Sir. Enjoy it, man. And, uh, you know, watch out for the black and gold next weekend. I'm just saying.
0: 2-0 <laughs> sounds good to me, baby.
1: Okay. <laughs> just Ta-
0: win, baby. <laughs> That's what they
1: say. Take care, brother. Appreciate you. Likewise. There he is. Dennis Gaxiola. Appreciate him for joining us today. Heidi Fang, Asia Wilson, Brian Benowitz over at the Cosmopolitan, uh, great stuff as always. All right, and a shout out to, to my guy, our guy, Ballpark Frank, who is still uh, recuperating. So uh, Frank, uh, hanging in there uh, in the hospital, and hopefully he will be back with us uh, very, very soon. The meanwhile, we'll continue on. The beat goes on here. Uh, tomorrow, uh, more guests. Paul Buckpower Stewart. Tomorrow, we got him from England. Back by popular demand, talking Tampa Bay Buccaneers and all kinds of other stuff. All right, we'll look forward to that as well. Miss any part of the show, go to the website. Check out the Raiders recap from the game last night. It's on there on the blog. Uh, Mark Davis interview from last week. The classic interview page, it's all there. T.C. Martinshow.com. See ya!